It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that are underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week, we're going auto reverse on Atomic Rooster. So, Atomic Rooster is uh, is a band that you and I talk about all the time, and it's but it's not a band that. You know, most people may know. Um, uh, you know, they came from, and I, I was thinking about it when we were think, when we were talking about the bands that they were in before, uh, and some yeah. and some were in after. You know, like the the crazy world of Arthur Brown, um, is and you know ELP Emerson Lake and Palmer. Um, you know. It, it was a band that, you know, their music, when you listen to it, you put together another great playlist. It's that they were, you know, there, there were touches of the sounds of that time, but they went a little bit, they did things a little bit their own way that were sort of unique for that time period. Yeah, um, it really, to me, it was, I don't, I, Vincent Crane, I mean, if you think about well, first of all, that name Vincent Crane—that's pretty heavy. Well, it's like the heavy. So, <laughs> it's like it's it's straight out of a horror movie. Well, like and well, what about Hammond, Oregon? Yeah, but John Duquesne—that sounds like a pretty like you know heavy hitter too. They they had a bunch of names in the you know there's uh, you know the the drummer's name was like uh, what was it, Paul Hammond. I mean, they had some you know they yeah. But I, but that's not, that's the point I'm trying to make. It's not just that they were heavy names, like they were heavy names, like in the British like hierarchy, rock and roll hierarchy. I'm saying the names sounded heavy, right? Like, like Vincent Cray. It's like straight out of a Hitchcock movie, well, that, you know. And then, and then Duquesne changed his yeah, name. Yeah, it was John. So Kane. it was Kane, John yeah. Kane, and then yeah. he added to do, which gave it this more like menacing, like foreign vibe and then ham and the guy's name's hammond and it's a hammond driven band it's like i don't know to me it was perfect is perfect you know yeah, for that there, sort of thing it's a weird it's a it's a weird kind of they never seem to really get their footing or never allowed their footing to get to be had because like they started off originally without it was just um palmer call palmer um Vincent Crane and what was the bass player's name? Who was the, the lead singer? Uh, Graham and mm -hmm. uh, Nick Graham, and they, uh, you know, had a pretty unique sound. But they didn't have a guitarist at the, you know, when they started out and when they recorded the first album. Which I learned later that Duquesne did overdubs on the U.S. version of the, the first album, Atomic Rooster, with the extra O in there. Um, mm -hmm. And then you know they had the Duquesne period. Uh, which lasted a couple albums, and then he, they, they, I don't, the, the thing that is most curious about Atomic Rooster is that middle Def Walks Behind You lineup seemed, at least for me, was their strongest lineup. Mm -hmm. And they seemed to like, you know, you're singing's pretty good job, but we're gonna bring this other guy, which was uh, Pete French from Leafhound, and I thought that they, that obviously- What, said, band, what, band, what band was Pete French in uh, Leafhound. before? Uh, I don't know oh, Leaf Hound. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. But it's just curious because their best album, with some of, some of their best songs, 
and they decide to mix up with the formula and bring in another singer. Like, I kind of, I kind of love that. It's just, it's just I, it's I, so I, random. I, I, That's I, the randomness <laughs> of it all. It's like, oh, this is great. We're gonna fucking throw it in the garbage. It's like, it's like weird. But the whole, the whole, their whole, like. Their whole. Th- I think that's why I like when you said, "Oh, let's do Atomic Rooster for Auto Reverse," right? You know, for this whole time I'm thinking, "Oh, we're gonna do bands that were kind of big, kind of had a hit, but became so big that people forgot about them, and now only heads really get into them." So when you said, "Oh, let's do Atomic Rooster," I was like, "Well, they never really had a hit, and they were never really that successful, and no one really knows who they are." <laughs> but then I was like, "But no." We've been talking about this band forever. They're fucking amazing. They made they they were random in the way they chose to make records and with right. and with whom to make records. Right. And it's like and I was like, no, 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 you're right. Let's talk about this band. Yeah. And, and that's what and that's why and I'm saying that randomness of how they fucking scrapped their best lineup uh, <laughs> and and then and, and switched it all up. It's like that's fucking that's so weird. It's cool. You know, it I is, don't know. It is kind of cool. It's frustrating from yeah. a fan standpoint because it's like Oh hells yeah. They could have gone on with that. But also like Duquesne and uh, Hammond left to do the my one of my favorite multi name bands. Uh, they were called Damon, then Hard Stuff and then Bullet. Hard stuff, yeah. And Bullet. But that, that it had three names. I've seen this that one album, Bulletproof, with three different type, uh, band names on it. And it's all the same music. It's the craziest thing ever. But, you know, they they had such a great chemistry. Uh, you listen to uh, their early stuff and then how they went into Def Walks Behind You album. Um, and, you know, some of the songs on there are just phenomenal. Like... Uh, you know, um, well, Death Deluxe Behind You is like one of my favorite, just like a kind of a creeping song on there. Um, Sleeping for Years, which is one of your favorites. I love, I love, and Devil's, An- Devil's Answer, right? That's yeah, Devil's one. Answer, yeah, which got, you know, actually, yeah. did some, what I was looking up, they did, it actually charted really well. Um, and, and well, well, you would know it charted because in the playlist that I did for Atomic Rooster, <laughs> I found radio spots that i guess um was it electra i forget who put out their records in the u.s they paid for and they used uh devil's answer as part of the ad so i you could tell they were working that single um to radio and they had all these like weird ads did you notice that in the uh i, I yeah, slipped yeah. those in into well, the playlist yeah yeah the, I've, i love finding little tidbits like that in the uh so you know extra tracks why would you think a band like like Deep Purple, like they're kind of comparable to Deep Purple, the way that they use the heavy organs and the guitar organ play and not as operatic singing, but like, you know, like a nice array of different songs. And it seems to me that they should have had, you know, a little bit more success. It's just kind of funny that Carl Palmer leaves the band to go to ELP. Like, what did he know? that was like that he didn't think he was going to get a better opportunity in ELP than in a band like Tom Rooster. His first album was fairly well received. I I think, um, I mean, maybe I sound like a jerk here, but I I just don't think their songs were as good as Deep Purple songs, you know, and and also and also because Deep Purple had a consistency to them, even though Deep Purple did change up their sound and singers, uh, a few times so um i don't know this 
who know, who knows? I mean, why why were Emerson Lake and Palmer huge? Like, I, 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 you know, that's another good that's another question that deserves a treatment of you some kind. It's like I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, the thing that I because I pondered because we you texted me that question and I've thought about it some more, and it's like, here's the thing that I think about the difference between them and Deep Purple. They both had these like like race car bands with like a you know a V8 engine in there. And Deep Purple had no problem going to the left lane and, and push, putting the pedal down. Whereas mm -hmm. I think, you know, Atomic Rooster was trying a little bit for nuance and they tried to stay like, yeah, we're gonna do a comfortable 65, 70 miles per hour with our band. You know, we'll go fast, but we won't, you know, we won't push it. I just think that their songs and their, the way that they presented themselves was unique but nothing that you could really grasp on to to make like it it transcended your listening experience in some way um you know they didn't have that catchy you know simple song like smoke on the water uh highway star they had something like tomorrow night which is kind of it's an interesting song but it doesn't have as much bite to it as those other two songs I don't know. It's no, it's got it's got horns and shit in it. It's just it's weird and it's diff I, that's that's the thing. I, I think the way I could fr like sort of frame this to maybe give people a better idea. So Atomic Rooster, I got turned on to by this guy Ned Brewster, who now lives in Spain. He was he worked in record stores and stuff in the eighties and nineties. He also worked in a guitar store. He played in bands. He knew a lot about this sort of like second tier you know, obscuro, prog, metal, psych, yeah. you know, like what, whatever, pro, like what they call like proto-metal, you know, uh, heavy rock stuff. Like he made me cassettes and I remember, uh, you know, of a lot of stuff, Bang, Cactus, all, all, all this stuff. And I remember he put Atomic Rooster on one and it was like, he it, there was there was so much stuff of theirs that was worth listening to over spread out over mm -hmm. a bunch of albums that like it took up one side of the cassette you know right. like it, like the whole side was all atomic rooster songs and i remember thinking this is so cool this sounds great i'm not going to stop listening to this in my car i had a champagne colored chevy geo um <laughs> in the 90s i don't know if you remember i oh, had yeah. that car when i met you yeah and so and i would listen to that non-stop and i was thinking why do i like this so much and it's be and and it was because it wasn't Deep Purple or Black Sabbath, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it because and because I never heard I never heard it, so it felt I didn't I never I didn't hear it in the seventies when it came out, and I didn't and so because I never heard it, now I was being turned on to it in the nineties. It felt special to me, right. so I kind of and and they were like the underdogs in some ways. They were like the bands that didn't make it, and that's kind of like yeah what, what made it for me. And that, and so it's a more personal, like, anecdotal story about what, why these bands appeal to people now, yeah, uh, more than they did so at the time, right? Because you've already went through your t second, first, second, third waves of Deep Purple too. It's like we, you know, and we already heard that that stuff. All we're hearing it way after we've gotten our uh, inoculation of, you know, classic rock, um, and it does come off a little bit more. Uh, eclectic than that but I think like if if we were listening to it all together like the deep purple and the rest of the stuff at the first time I could see how the atomic rooster stuff would not kind of pop make the make the cut make the cut yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. pop like yeah. it's the same thing you like 
Actually, it was you who kind of led me on to Atomic Rooster from uh, Atomic Bitch Wax, Play the Game. Because I heard that yeah, they, song. Yeah, they covered Play the Game. Yeah, they played I heard that play song. The game on, the, on the second album or on the first album? I think the second. I think it's the second album, yeah. yeah. Atomic Bitch Wax 2. 2, yeah. T-A-B. Um, T-A-B. <laughs> So I I heard that and I knew, I saw that that song wasn't covered by them. So I went and kind of looked out for what Atomic Bitch I mean Atomic Rooster was, and I got and I started you know getting a little bit of a rabbit hole with that, you know the old LimeWire days, um, and <laughs> and trying remember, to... remember those days. <laughs> oh yeah, so I went down the rabbit hole with that, and it was great because it was like why. You know, you did the same thing. It's like you were ready for something that was, had that same kind of, you know, interesting guitars, heavy, heavy, uh, you know, off, you know, not safe lyrics, you know, kind of dark lyrics, you know, kind of, you know. Yeah, they're talking about the devil and Satan all the time. Yeah. Sleeping for years. It's yeah. just like, it's just dark as shit. Yeah. with music what it represents and that's like we're like we tend to over fetishize things <laughs> especially yeah. something like atomic rooster because you're it's like oh they didn't really make it they're not really deep purple they're not black sabbath but they're fucking really cool just not they're really cool but not the the songs aren't as good so we're gonna make it our this is our black sabbath this is our deep purple you know like th this is my thing only about 2500 of us know what it is so <laughs> it's like a fetish a fetish a of the band that the band didn't even like they they've come and gone you know what i mean all right. those dudes have come and gone like they made they did the time of rooster then they made then they they formed hard stuff and then they fucking disappeared a bunch of them died and it's and then like it takes like maniacs like us who are 20 30 years younger than them to like like to come back to it and be like no this is really worth checking out and really worth paying attention to yeah. even if it's not like it's not on commercial radio like you know classic rock radio all the time you know right so that's what that's what we do this and so we're going to be doing this for bands like where we take the second tier third tier and and and, and propel them to in our minds to first tier right well yeah i mean i mean because these are bands that what I would call mixtape heroes. 
They're like we would. Right. You would. You would get a mixtape, and there'd be an Atomic Rooster song on there. Like, oh, I never. Oh, okay. You know, you'd hear Black Snake or something like. Yeah. Oh, okay. That you know, and there there are bands that you know. That was one of the great things about making mixtapes or you were know, now playlists. You'd sneak something in that was very obscure but cool, but worth listening to. And Atomic Brewster is definitely one that I put on a lot of mix tapes, mix CDs, whatever, um, in the 90s because I was just getting into it. And when you get into the band that you're like discovering their, that they don't, just don't have one song, but they have like a, a, like a couple really cool albums. Um, and I would actually say like the first three albums are the ones I like the most. Like when they started going into Made in England and Nice and Greasy, like that stuff's like okay, it's 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 worth listening to, um, but it's not it's not it's not as it, it, it's not as sticky as yet the first three, which they all have like some really good songs on there and the playing and the the the, the, the interplay between band members are really a little bit more interesting, but. Yeah, I think like, made, made it made in England's kind of funky though, which I kind of appreciate. Yeah, it's kind it, of a funky album, right? It's like it's got that kind of like funk, like sort of pre-disco thing happening a little bit. Like, even though they're a hard rock band, there's a little bit of that going on. Nice and sleazy, I can't fuck with. I think that album's not that good, but yeah, I fuck I fuck with Made in England. I even bought a vinyl copy not that long ago, like a couple of years ago. I just discards that shit. I was like, I need a copy of this. Yeah, like, I, I'd heard a song in some weird mix, and I was like, Oh, that's from that album. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, I like uh, Chris Farlow uh, as a singer, and there was some. Yeah, you're right. There was some interesting singing and stuff in that. I just, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a band where you can like, and I think with the playlist is a really good place to kind of, sh kind of shift around and kind of see all their where everyone kind of went because like even Duquesne's solo stuff which I think he had Hammond play on and a couple of someone else play I forget someone else notable play on it but like he, his is like it's a it's a he kind of ventured away from the harder rock stuff that he did in uh, Bullet um, or hard stuff and it was, it was I mean that song uh, you didn't know any better is kind of very poppy yeah and that song it's like proto-punk yeah. almost it's like yeah. he's already he's already calling out punk like he's like yo this is kind of like uh yeah it's like uh the guy that passed away recently from pink fairies uh when he made his uh that's some uh i'm a police car oh right right um, um oh, fuck what's his name he passed away recently he was in pink fairies guitar player he was another one like duquesne who like made this single and this uh, like made a album that was like sort of like this is the this is like punk rock now like in in like this before punk rock right so it's like i i that that's what's so like rich about all this is like you could see like these these guys weren't just like influential on just one genre front they were influential on 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 a few and and quite possibly invented some in the mix you know in the in the middle of all of it and that's what's that's what makes it so awesome, you know, to to go back and look at, right? Yeah, I think just I mean, you can see their influence on a lot of a band. I mean, like a lot of bands who based themselves on, uh, you know, this either stoner rock or Larry Wallace. Larry, Wall sorry, that was the guy's name. Okay. From Larry Wallace. Larry Wallace. Sorry. That's quite sorry. right. I knew that was going to nag at you until you got it right. <laughs> I mean, like tap you, tap it on your knee, trying to figure it out. 
Um, I was like, I'm not even listening to Matt for yeah. the next two minutes. I'm just going to try to figure out what that name that I could not remember. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they, you could definitely hear the thing in stoner rock, uh, you know, the, with the keyboard, the heavy keyboards and the melodic, how the, the harmonies and melodicizing with, that they did a lot and had a really good, you know, it's, I just, it's one of those bands that had everything there for them and then they just, they took, they made, it's probably timing too, given who was playing at this, you know, the bands that were really popular at the same time. But it, you know, it's, it's you know, musicians are not. That's not an easy life, and you need a little bit of luck, even when you do have all the components of really great songwriting and great musicians. Because uh, Hammond was a badass drummer, I, you know, and I, I noticed it more in in the, in the songs and hard stuff. But then to kind of listen to it with a little keener ear for for the for Death Walks Behind You and hearing of uh, Atomic Rooster and hearing Atomic Rooster. Like his playing is really, really solid. So I mean, it was just a really, I, I, I can imagine like even a live band, they could probably were, you know, like Duquesne was kind of like a early Mark Farner type thing, you know, like lead singer, lead guitarist who could really belt it out and play interesting leads. And, you know, you know, Grand Funk used a keyboard a little bit as well. I mean, I'm not saying how heavy that influence was, but it's like, I think, that that band uh, is definitely more of a musician's band, and um, you know, one that. Not to say that they made transcendent music, but they made interesting music enough to like. Even when you could put that playlist together, listening to it, you could see some of the things that they were trying for and going for. And they were not, you know, a very complacent band. They were trying to push things, whether they're song topics, you know, they're how you, you know. The, the influence of a keyboard is in the songs. Um, like they, they were just a really cool little, and then horns, like Devil Answers has horns, right? Yeah, it has horns in it. So, I mean, it just, it's a, you know, they did some really cool, I mean, like really cool instrumentals too. I mean, what was the song on the first album? Um, why am I losing, losing my mind? Losing my, break, not Breakthrough, Breakthrough is the uh, first song. It was, a, it was a Decline and Fall. Is the one that was has. Oh uh, yeah, it's an instrumental. Yeah, it's an interest. It's a you know showcase your you know strut your st stretch your shit song where you know yeah, every, yeah, everyone yeah, gets yeah. to show what they can do. Um, but I mean, yeah. it's just a you know it's a kind of band that you know I like you said in the auto reverse way of looking at this is trying to take a a look at these bands and appreciate them and maybe bring up their profile a little bit more because you know they they did interesting shit. Yeah, I mean exactly. I mean our our rule we don't really have a hard and fast rule at, in auto at auto reverse. We we do like this whole thing of of you know dusting off the classics in a way, I, whether it be in hard rock, rock, uh, R and B. Like I, I think that'll be a big a big um, you know thrust of what we're doing. But you can't ignore something like this. I mean, it's like. Yeah, if it's we tom, it's fucking yeah. atomic rooster. It's right, like you can't ignore it. But also, we have a rule: if we text back four or five times about the same topic, then that means it's something that we need to get, talk about more because it's, you know, it's, you know, a little bit back and forth on things. You're just like, okay, you're interested. You like this band. I like this band, and then we start. You know, you start getting in the playlist, and then I start listening to these songs. And I, you know, it's like, wow, I didn't. You know, you get 
like I think this is one of the bands where I gained a deeper appreciation through just this process of listening to the Gans all again. Yeah, I, it was it was one of those bands in the I want to say like late ninety late late nineties where like once you know Ned gave me that cassette with them on it, it was like. It was on. I was obsessed with them. Like I was like, and you know, then little by little, I got their their LPs, which were not impossible to find back then. Right. Um, now they kind of, well, uh, they kind of still. Well, now it's a little harder to find them, at least for for a reasonable price. So, I, they were one of those bands, and it's definitely worth talking about. Yeah, I think um, you know, even if they were a little bit more popular, the, the type of their music is so kind of. Uh unique or you know it's kind of i don't think they more i listened to it i don't think this was a i think this band that flirted with trying to be poppy and trying to get something that was more mainstream and i think that perhaps they just didn't like the way that it sounded so much like you know devil's answer is a little is is something it seems like it goes a little bit farther away from where their 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 true strength was but yeah, obviously I'm speculating. I just think this band just got really easily bored with shit and they just like trying new things uh, and trying to make songs and albums that were of a topic that would ruffle feathers of a mix of instruments and plays that was a little beyond what what was going at the time. Yeah, there were, there were like, you know, they were part of this sort of in- English hierarchy of... of- rock and even sort of the tail end of like british invasion you know sort of beat bands so like they had already been in bands since probably the mid 60s so just think of like like what it must have felt like like post beatles you know british invasion into like psychedelic into like hard hard psychedelic hard rock prog like probably by 1975 they were exhausted if you think about it, right. uh, both creatively, physically, uh, dealing with record companies and stuff. And and there was also like, we, you know, we asked the question, why weren't they bigger? It's also like a massive glut of bands. I mean, I think like after the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and stuff, I think record labels just said they just said, fuck it. Like, this is what we're going to put out. And right. like all that, the Perry Como's and the all that shit fucking disappeared, you know, while they focused on that so it's just like it went from like a few scattered quote-unquote yeah. rock bands to like thousands yeah right? well, like post overnight woodstock, so, yeah yeah post woodstock so it's like who the hell knows you know it's like it was such a it was such a creative time such a like, you know such a so much like newness being sort of you know created and formed and right uh, I think I think by the end of it, by like the mid seventies, I think a lot of these guys were exhausted and <laughs> and try and looking for inspiration and probably had a nice little drinking or drug habit or both, uh, and you know and probably divorced. Well, um, so probably you not. Know, ma- like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. So it's probably, this, maybe they just did. What this is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is where they. This is where they wound up, and it's like. The, the reason they want up there is the very reason why we're talking about it and why we're, we're into it, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, I understand why, you know, AELP uh, was a bigger band than Atomic Rooster. 
I, you know, because, you know, just a, a lot of it's just happenstance. It's the way things, the timing of it, you know, the Rolling Stones made a really good timing of, you know, when they changed, decided to go blues rock, even though most people who listen to authentic blues, blues music thought that they were just a poor, you know, iteration of it. But it was something that at the time with the Beatles and then the, the Rolling Stones, it made sense. You know, Atomic Rooster could have been too ahead of the curve or too behind the curve. It's like that, you know, lightning in the bottle. It's got to be, it's got to hit at the right time. Um, that's I, that's that's the beauty of music and also the fucking dark side. It's like, yeah, there's so many in the trash heap of, you know, bands that didn't, you know, didn't make it. And, and it's, you know, part of our job is to, you know take some of those out of there out of the trash heap dust them off what you know hose them down and um and talk about it the auto reverse trash heap coming to you every week <laughs> jump right and put on we're your gonna, gloves and your mask we're just gonna take the garbage truck and just <laughs> unload it right into your front lawn right beware of needles and yeah. anything else yeah, needle. <laughs> needles uh rubber gloves yeah exactly so uh, plush list, toys, plush, plushy toys. Don't anything that's wet. Just put it down. Um, <laughs> put it down. Uh, so yeah. So again, listen to the playlist. It's you know Tony did another amazing job. It's another I think three hours plus. Uh, so plenty, plenty to listen to. And uh, yeah, give us your feedback if you have any uh, suggestions or comments. We'd love to hear it. And uh, yeah, until next time. All right, peace.